Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What is up, Cougar fans? It is great to be back. And I've got to thank Shep for holding down the fort. And one of the fantastic guest co-hosts we had on while I was gone is Dave Phillips, a.k.a. Junior. And now it's my turn to welcome him into the Cougar Tailgate. How was your week, my friend? Ah, it was it was eventful. It was fun, but uh, it was good. Welcome back. It's good to have you Thank back. You. I now have a three-week-old infant who's at home with my in-laws, and he's adorable. But you guys, two kids ain't no joke. I was telling Junior this before. Uh, I don't sleep, so if I'm slurring my words during this radio show, I apologize. But there is a reason. Hey, we're happy to let you have a, a little break and get out, <laughs> get out of the house. It is nice. It really is. It's good to be here. All right, Junior. Now, the last time you were on the show, you gave some insight into what happens behind the broadcasting scenes during the less than typical year when schedules seem like they can change at the drop of a hat. And speaking of, we had another quick change this week. Wednesday morning before the Pepperdine game, we found out that Bay Area sports would be on hiatus for a while, so the game against San Francisco scheduled for tonight was postponed, uh, which then opened up things for Pacific on BYU's schedule. Junior, what was your Wednesday like? Or are you now used to changing all your plans at a moment's notice? I've actually gotten really used to changing plans at a moment's notice. <laughs> there, there's a lot that that kind of goes into these um, and stuff. And we talked a little bit last time about rights and who has what game and stuff like that. And actually, so CBS was going to do the San Francisco game, which was great. Well, now they have a hole in their schedule. And it's late in the week. It's Wednesday. They've got a big hole at 4 o'clock Mountain um, for a game. And so they they pushed really hard to get a a replacement, and with St. Mary's going down as well, Pacific had an opening in the schedule. So this game was supposed to be played on the eighth of February on BYU TV. It is now at four o'clock tonight uh, on CBS Sports, and so we at BYU TV will be able to get the San Francisco game once it's rescheduled. So look for that; it'll be on BYU TV and always BYU Radio. Um, so yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, canceling crews, moving things around, um, and all of the little things that kind of go into who has the game, who is even BYU playing. I mean, I, I worry about the broadcasting side, but I can imagine the coaches, you know, they do hours and hours of prep getting ready for San Francisco. And it's like, okay, put that on hold. We're going to play Pacific now and change all of the strategies and stuff. And I, and I'm sure that there were a lot of late nights getting ready for this game. So you're not busy at all. You're nah. not. Yeah, you got nothing on your plate. You were just saying that. Uh, so you've been you've been the big man at BYU TV Sports for how many months now? Uh, it's almost. It's actually a year. It's been about uh, a year. Yeah. Congratulations! Thank you. You've made it through a year. I, I survived through all this a madness. year. <laughs> a year of madness, honestly. And you were saying your wife was asking you, "Do you regret taking this job?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's kind of those questions have come up, and it it's definitely more <laughs> difficult than it uh, than we thought it would be, but uh, it's still a ton of fun. So, well, hopefully, it calms down for you here in the next year or so. Yeah, so you hope, can have somewhat of a normal job. Hopefully, and and BYU teams have been really good with with not getting sick, and and that's the big thing was the hope, no one gets sick and stuff, and so we can all just kind of go through and power through and uh, play these games and make it happen. And while all that was going on, there was still a Wednesday afternoon game to be played, which during conference play is its own little kind of weird, especially against the same opponent in a five day span. So during that Pepperdine game, Spencer Johnson led the Cougs in scoring with 15 points. 
But the Cougars shot just 25% from behind the arc. They were 5 for 20. That, that ain't going to cut it. No, and, and this team, you know, uh, last year they were the number one three-point shooting team. This team relies a little bit on the three, but not as much as last year and stuff. And But, yeah, when, when, those, sh- when those shots aren't going down, it can be – it can be difficult. And it's also tough to play a, a team two times in a row. It's yeah. extremely rare. And so you have, you know, they know what you're doing. You know what they're doing. Um, and they know, hey, if we stop this, we might be in a good spot. And so that that can kind of lead, you know, to, to a tough game. And what's hard about that is as the winning team, so BYU beat them the first time around, you kind of have the mentality of, coaches could have the mentality of, all right, we did this the first time around. It worked. Let's stick with that. And like you said, you have Pepperdine coming in saying, okay, this didn't work. We're going to do A, B, C, D. So they're a little more prepared for that second game. So that it was, was kind interesting. Of a like, like Colby Ross in, in the first game, I remember they were talking on the broadcast that he didn't have a shot for a while, that he wasn't shooting in Kessler Edwards. It was almost the exact opposite. It was almost like they've. They said, okay, if we are going to win this game, we've got to get hot from the start. And Colby Ross was attacking and from the beginning, yeah. um, and, th- and that made a big difference for him. The Cougars had been a great second-half team recently, but were outscored 44-36 to on Wednesday. They did have an 11-point lead in the second half before going almost six minutes with only one bucket. And Junior, as we know, six minutes in basketball is forever that's a long time that with just is one basket that is a very long time with one basket and, and i think part of that that comes into is the odd start time that we talked about yeah noon pacific and can you imagine i mean these guys are used to playing evening games it's usually seven o'clock eight o'clock and and i i bet that the body clock and stuff it was hard to get going and stuff like that and actually the fun story behind that why they played at noon pacific was because obviously this is a rescheduled game from earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but Pepperdine only has one facility to house a lot of their sports, and so with men's volleyball and women's volleyball going on, they had two volleyball games that day and couldn't move them because of the other team's travel schedules and stuff. So they were forced to put that game at noon Pacific wow. in order to get it in. So I'm I'm sure, you know, and Mark Pope will never give excuses about this, but I'm sure playing seven hours, six, eight hours before you're used to playing probably change how you prepare and, and the way you get into it. Oh, yeah. It. These guys, I'm sure, have these routines, you know, and superstitions that they do before every single game. And when it's you wake up in the morning, it's like, boom, let's play some basketball. Yeah. You're like, what? But uh, – I don't know. I don't feel bad for anybody when they get to go to Malibu. That's you know? that's true, and, and that can be a distraction. And if you've never been, um, that campus is unbelievable. It's it's so beautiful, and you can stand out, go outside Firestone Arena, and you can look out at the ocean and stuff. There's not quite many places like that. And you're like, what's up, Brad Pitt? Yeah, hey, I we actually did a game there a few years ago, and I can remember um, running into the arena kind of last minute, some last minute changes, and I. Come around a corner and bump into someone, apologize, and I look, oh, it's Reggie Miller. No. Really? Yeah. So he lives in Malibu, obviously a big basketball fan, but he he just showed up to a BYU, random BYU Pepperdine game. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Listen, I used to have the biggest crush on that guy. I'm going to lie to you. He was... I would have been a little flustered if I ran into <laughs> Reggie Miller. No, that's awesome. So we know Pepperdine obviously is a absolutely gorgeous campus 
But you've been to a ton of the WCC campuses and arenas. What's been your favorite so far? Probably, probably would have to be Pepperdine. But San Francisco is beautiful as well. I, really, all of the campuses in the WCC, it's, it's really unique. I mean, beautiful. Even, you know, like we talk about Pacific is, is fairly inland and stuff. But the architecture and, and things like that, you know, if, uh, Indiana Jones was shot there. Really? Stuff, the facade on the outside of the campus is actually Pacific. What? Yeah, the fun things you learn when you go to these campuses. <laughs> Nothing wrong with anywhere in San Diego, Malibu, obviously. LMU is kind of cool. It's up on a hill. Um, that's one of the cool things about the WCC is beautiful campuses. And you can go anywhere from the beautiful beach to the beautiful mountains here in Provo. Right. Um, and, and almost everything in between. So it's, it's, it's kind of great. It's, and, it's a great conference. And they're fairly small campuses – Compared to BYU, right? Yes. And, and you know, we talk about venues all the time. And even in Spokane, the kennel holds nothing to the Marriott Center, <laughs> which which is what made the, the game last year against Gonzaga so great. The uh, the Rock coming in force, representing, that was awesome. That was one of the coolest experiences. But these campuses are, are small and intimate, but they're beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what kind of makes it fun. You know, with the rivalries and stuff within the campus. Well, sports-wise, there's a more even playing field this year since there really aren't many fans allowed in any of these arenas. So it doesn't matter how small or how big. So BYU doesn't really have that type of advantage this year. Yeah. They're still doing well, though. So BYU basketball, men's basketball, is only one of the many, many sports that are happening right now. And... There, you have sports like women's soccer and women's volleyball that are usually played in the fall that are going on right now. So what what is the schedule like on a weekly basis for BYU TV sports? It's it's going to get insane. So we have, you know, this tonight kind of kicks it off where we, we are doing um, women's soccer tonight out in Harriman, which is kind of a fun thing. I mean, no fans, obviously, but this field was never meant for TV. Uh, it's a great indoor <laughs> facility that RSL – practices on a lot of different things. But what's interesting is while we will be setting up for the women's soccer game against Weber State tonight, there's actually going to be lacrosse practice on the field. (laughs) And then right directly before us, uh, UVU is going to play a game and then we will play a game. Um, And so it's kind of this unique, but in this time it's for soccer, we never play in February. So they're playing indoors, utilizing – the uh, Zions Real and Harriman, who are gracious enough to have us, they're fantastic to work with. That'll be a unique experience and stuff, using scissor lifts to get camera positions and and things like that. It'll be fun. But next week, uh, unfortunately, we did have the women's volleyball games postponed. But we were going to have, I think it was 10 broadcasts within five days. Uh, now, you know, we're scaling it back and we're doing six and three days. <laughs> That's not, so, oh, wow. So, Nothing. It's a yeah, light load. Yeah, light load. No, it, no, honestly, anybody listening, that is absolutely insane and really hard to do. I feel like people probably don't quite understand how much work goes into setting these things up and setting up all the equipment and getting the right crew and it's and it takes hours and hours so to have six events in three days is mind-numbing for you yeah well and it's (laughs) but hey it's great for fans you don't have to come out and for soccer you don't have to come out and sit in the cold you can sit in your nice warm house true and uh you know Make popcorn, do whatever you want, and watch you know watch the game from the comforts of your couch. But no, it's it's great, and it's great to have 
men's and women's volleyball going at the same time. Zach and Kennedy Eschenberger usually they're cheering for one another, mm-hmm. but now uh, husband and wife they're kind of going at the same time. Now they never and see stuff. each other. Now they never see each other. They give each other a high five. In and yeah, out of the in door. the gym as they switch. <laughs> okay, one practice is done. Time yeah, it's for like, the other. Hey, what's up? But no, it's it's great. It's exciting to have number sixteen women's volleyball playing at the same time as number one men's volleyball. Um, and, and most weeks it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday with women's volleyball and then Thursday, Saturday or Friday, Saturday with men's. And so it's fun. It's, it's great to have sports back. There was a long period of time without sports. Now it's all coming back at once, but that's, that's what makes it fun. I mean, at the Smith field house, on Thursday, you'll have men's volleyball. On Friday, it'll switch everything, and it'll be gymnastics. Saturday, <laughs> it'll switch back to men's volleyball. Plus, you have women's volleyball and soccer going on at the same time. So, tons of fun. When it rains, it pours. When it rains, it pours. Is basically what you're saying. I want to go back to that the women's soccer game that's going to be played in that arena. You mentioned there's going to be a lacrosse game right there. I want to know which camera operator are you going to put closest to the lacrosse game to put in danger. I'm, I'm not sure. That's, that's going to say a lot. That's going to say a lot, yeah. <laughs> Who's uh, Keep an eye out. For, Who's going to uh, get hit in the head? Yeah. Everyone so, wear a helmet. Uh, no, but it's it's interesting. That facility is amazing. And, and going out there and kind of getting ready, a site survey for this, you see that they have multiple soccer games going on at once, different practices. <laughs> They're really utilizing that facility and stuff. And it was great that they were able to work with BYU to, to give them that opportunity to do it. But yeah, like you said, there's we're setting up a non-normal broadcast positions where the announcers, Spencer Linton and Carla Haslam, will be sitting in the bleachers calling <laughs> calling the game. Bleachers that are only about four or five bleachers tall. So it's not not a huge thing. Um, when BYU Radio comes to do it, Greg, Greg's got a uh, lift he'll be able to get up in and, and go. And Greg deserves to be on a lift, you know? You know he, what? He deserves to be lifted a little higher than the rest of us. Exactly. <laughs> now, I, I mean, his, you talk about schedules. He's not used to having soccer yeah. going on at the same time as men's basketball and stuff. So he'll, he'll be really hopping. Um, no, it, it's a lot of fun. It's great to have these sports back, though. And it really is. It's it's exciting. It gives us all something to look forward to and to watch. Like you said, I'm going to be the one on my couch with popcorn just watching all these games. Hey, that's so. the, it's the best place to be. And, you know, we've got fantastic athletes at BYU. Mm-hmm. You know, ranked – I think almost every sport is ranked yeah. or or should be or really close to being. Um, and so, yeah, it, it wouldn't be fair to give the women's volleyball, hey, you don't get to go. Right. They have a legitimate shot at, um, at in the tournament. And so it's great to see these athletes be able to play and get out there and do it. And hopefully we can play safely and that everything, everything kind of goes off well. Everyone stay healthy. I was just reminded I, – I, sidelined men's volleyball for years and I was just thinking of someone getting hit by a lacrosse ball while uh, filming this women's soccer game I every time I had to do a stand-up a stand-up is when you're on camera at the very beginning before the game starts I was in the corner of the Smith Fieldhouse where the teams would be practicing serving warming up and I I can't tell you how many times I was hit in the head and everyone's there like it was packed arena Smith Fieldhouse is always packed for volleyball and uh, I entertained a lot of people by just getting smacked in the back of the head. And I, I was always, my eyes were like always clenched, like just waiting to get hit because those guys serve it so hard. So yeah. it ain't no joke. It ain't no joke. And, it, and it's fun <laughs> even to go over there now. 
and stuff. We were sitting there. I remember talking with Jerem Jordan and Steve Vale as we were getting ready to sh- to do the scrimmage. And to, that one of the best duos oh, yeah. in men's volleyball. I, I would dare say they are the best duo in and, men's volleyball right and there. And we will have a show with Jerem and uh, Steve Vale no. called Over the Top on the radio. No. On stuff on Saturday. Oh, so that is gold. We that are, is gold. We are so excited of that. And if you've never listened to Steve Vale, Tune in. He is so entertaining. He is so entertaining. If you want to hear a bunch of quilts from '90s movies, He's, tune in. Oh, and if and, and we're, they're going to talk <laughs> '90s movies on there yes. and stuff. Not we're going to talk men's volleyball, '90s movies, pop culture. Steve is your guy. He is one of the greatest. Um, it was definitely too easy to not pass up. So, lots of fun. Coming up next week after Cougar Tailgate starting next week, it'll be great. I'm excited. Every Saturday after Cougar Tailgate. Guys, what else are you going to be listening to on Saturdays? Cougar Tailgate. And then it's called Over the Top? Over the Top. Over the Top. I will be listening. a 90s movie reference. That's right, with Sylvester Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Oh, what a great movie. (laughs) Semi-truck driver and also an arm wrestler. Yes, great. Steve Vale. (laughs) Steve Vale. One of a kind. Don't miss it. All right. We are going to still be talking men's basketball when we come back. Luckily, there's a game on the schedule tonight to focus on. When we get back, we'll get to know the Pacific Tigers, so stick around. This is Cougar Tailgate. Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. 2021 has kept us on our toes already with postponed and rescheduled games. We started the week planning for San Francisco, but now it's the Pacific Tigers in town. And the team from Stockton is definitely familiar with having their schedule turned upside down. We're almost to February and the Tigers have only been on the court for eight games. How does the team stay focused and ready to play in these crazy times? We've got Chris Pond, who's been the director of athletic training for Pacific for the for the past 30 years on the phone to talk about it. Welcome to the Cougar Tailgate, Chris. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. So we were chatting a little bit uh, before we started this interview, asking you about your ties to BYU, and turns out it is quite significant. So give us kind of a brief synopsis of, of how you are tied to BYU. I have a, a lot of ties to BYU. Uh, I grew up in Logan. Uh, went to Utah State, and uh, my dad was a season ticket holder on the front row at the Spectrum in Logan, and so I have uh, cheered against BYU a number of times my whole life, and they were kind of uh, an unofficial rival or maybe even an official rival. Uh, my, I have four brothers. One of them did play baseball at BYU and was actually had a very successful career. Uh, I have two children, and my, my daughter chose to come to BYU from California and graduated from BYU, as did my son-in-law. Um, so I have, uh, I have a number of very good friends that are, uh, are alums that work at BYU. Uh, Chad Bunn that works with the, the athletics and the, the TV broadcast is a very close family friend. And uh, so I've, I've got a lot of stories about BYU over the years. You know what? We're just going to consider you an honorary cougar. Are you okay with that? I know you're a tiger now, so you're, I, I, I know if, you're a tiger through and through. But an honorary cougar. Are you all right with that? If you t- if you told my family that they might disown me, they they bleed Aggie blue pretty deep. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that's that is a very intense and, and 
and good fan base right there. Well, with all those connections, though, you are, like we said, you are now a Tiger working for Pacific and, and a trainer for them. So from a trainer's perspective, what is the plan to keep everyone fresh during these long layoffs and really quick turnarounds for games? It's an absolute circus. It, it, it is a, just something that is, is hard to even explain. Uh, basketball teams are on a cadence where they're testing three times a week. And so we are doing what's called a PCR test uh, three times a week. And then we do periodic antigen tests, which are the 15-minute tests as well. And those are required for us to be able to step onto the floor. So that takes a lot more time, and, and it's certainly not something that we've ever done in the past. So the whole landscape looks a little different. Tonight I will receive the results from my latest test that I did yesterday morning, and mm. that attestation will then need to be presented before a game can take place. BYU will also have to show that they have tested negatively uh, before that, that contest can take place. So there's a lot of, of additional steps that need to take place before we can just step on the floor. Man, that is crazy. And, and only playing eight games, you would think your load as a trainer would be lightened a little bit. We talked to Carolyn Billings, the trainer for BYU, and she said that's what she was hoping for, <laughs> is to get a little bit of a break, but it's been the exact opposite. Is that what you've seen? I, I And I love Carolyn. I, I think that's exactly <laughs> – we are seeing the opposite. We are uh, – we're finding that there's a – you know, when you've got all of your athletes back and you get a positive test, there's a different – timeline in a different matrix that takes place depending on if they're the positive person if they're presumed positive if they're a close contact if it it takes quite a bit of time to kind of decipher that and everyone's going to be just a little bit different so it's been a real juggling act to try to get them some semblance of of a workout uh, because we can't have practices and when we have a positive test we shut the whole team down and and uh and so it's hard to just be gone for that period of time and then come back and expect to be sharp and crisp oh it's so complicated what what an interesting year hopefully there's not another one like it but you've been around the pacific program for a while i'm assuming 2020 is one of the weirdest things you've seen but what's another unique or, or favorite memory you have surrounding pacific basketball Oh, there's so many. We, uh, we have, I have really enjoyed my time at Pacific. When I graduated from, I actually went from Utah State to the University of Arizona, and, and the state of Utah is just not, doesn't have nearly the same number of jobs available in my field as, as California. Uh, so I, I ventured away uh, and went to work football, actually, at Pacific, and then we dropped our football program, and, and so I just gravitated towards the basketball program and I had grown up with uh, the old days of Utah State basketball and and playing BYU and and all of the great Cougars from the past Danny Ainge and and on Uh, and so um, probably for me we have had especially when we were in the Big West we had a great deal of success and we went to the NCAA tournament a couple of times and actually won a couple of games there. And, uh, and that was very memorable. I have uh, a lot of student-athletes that have gone through, and my relationship with them uh, is something that I'll always treasure. 
We're talking to Chris Vaughn. He's the athletic trainer for the Pacific Tigers. So earlier in the program, we were talking about WCC venues, and they've certainly looked different this year with no fans. What are some of your favorite arenas to visit? Oh, certainly the the atmosphere at Gonzaga on a normal year is is very intimidating and and if if you're not playing them it has to be just very awe-inspiring uh certainly the BYU team does a great job I think the fan base here it's it's been interesting for me to see many of my uh neighbors and and people from back home that are in the stands that are now going to BYU and and have them fear against me uh but I think that that in each atmosphere there's a little bit different uh positivity that goes on there's a little bit of different of change that goes on uh some of those can be quite daunting especially if you've got an inexperienced team that hasn't done a lot of travel and and to be real honest we just got done playing at gonzaga and and they had cardboard cutouts throughout the arena and it was just a very very different environment Hmm. oh i'm i'm sure it's it kind of levels the playing field a little bit for a lot of these teams um What is something about this year's team that a casual college basketball fan might not be aware of? The the Pacific Tigers. What's something that not everyone would know about them? Wow, that is an outstanding question. (laughs) I I think, you know what, and I think maybe a fan would recognize this. I think it's just been a time of inconsistency because – we aren't getting the practice time that we've had in the past. We didn't get the summer to really work out. Uh, we, we've had t- two shutdowns because of positive results. And, and so practices look different. Uh, and, and I think that's been really hard. I think that from a mental aspect, just getting these guys back has been very therapeutic for them. I, I think being away is painful for them and they're willing to go through the masking and the distancing and and all of the testing that they have to go through just to play the sport that they love and and for me i am at the point where i really i'm just i count it as a win when we can play a game because so much goes in to that taking place not just by the sports medicine and athletic training staff but by the coaching staff and the players and everybody that's involved yeah, you meant you mentioned just how much the the players have to go through and the staff. From your perspective, how has that affected the team when they're not even sure if they're going to have a game the next day? Uh, in my experience, I believe that the mental aspect of COVID in the athletic realm far outseeds, uh, uh, outpaces anything from a physical standpoint. It's mm. real. It's a real struggle. And so, for example, the, the, the waiting for the test results to come back, you're waiting three times a week, and there's a certain level of anxiety that comes with that. You think you've done a great job, but maybe you went to the grocery store and maybe you stopped for gas. And, and so there's always an uncertainty of have I done a, a good enough job in my personal environment that, I, that I'm okay and is, are my actions and perhaps my decisions, are they going to impact the whole team and therefore maybe the whole league? And, and so there's a lot weighing on, on their ability to adapt to these changing conditions. 
Yeah, that's maybe something you don't really think of how much pressure is on each one of these athletes to try and stay healthy, not just for themselves, but the entire team. And that will affect, honestly, the entire schedule and and conference at that point. It's just it's kind of maddening. Um, So turning the page a little bit here, does do the guys have any traditions or superstitions when they travel to get ready for games that you know of? Um, some of them have some eating things that they do, but for the most part, they've all had to adapt. And I'll give you a good example. We played a game in Santa Barbara, and we stayed right by the water. And because of COVID, we weren't really even able to go out onto the, the beach. We, I mean, it was pretty much a sequestered situation. Uh, and, and they can't really hang out in each other's rooms and play, play video games like they've done in the past. So I really applaud all of the athletes in, in, that are trying to play their sports because it, they can't do what they've normally done. Right. And they, they had to uh, plan for BYU at a moment's notice. What are the guys feeling coming into uh, Provo tonight? Uh, you know, again, our, our uncertainty of how we played we've had games where we have been unbelievable and other games where we've not been very good and and i think they're very positive i think they're a a group they've done a lot of study they've watched as much film as they possibly could in the short time since changing we were supposed to play santa clara on thursday they had a positive case uh we were supposed to have a game at home against st mary's on uh tomorrow night and so they've had to completely make changes i think the coaches have done a great job of spinning on a dime and and now preparing for a different team that's got a totally different look than than what st mary's would be and uh and i think that they're just excited to play again from a mental standpoint i think it's so vital that they're out there and able to to do what they want to do and I'm, I'm so happy that, that everyone gets to play at all. And, uh, but so interesting, they have to be ready on a moment's notice to play whomever and get very little time to plan. Chris, thank you so much for being here with us. Chris Pond has been an athletic trainer for the Pacific Tigers for the past three decades, and he definitely knows his stuff. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. And that does it for the Cougar Tailgate. Thanks again to Chris and for Junior, the boss of BOU Sports Broadcasting, for coming in for the day. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYURadio.org. We're getting ready for the Tigers and really whoever BOU gets on their schedule at any given moment. This is Cougar Tailgate. <laughs>